0: the Chiefs the Chiefs, we talked about this last week, like, hey, man, these guys, if they're favored by anything less than a touchdown, like, I think that's a pretty yeah. solid play. Do you think it's a solid play? I still don't know what happened to Kansas City on Sunday night. Up 11, under three minutes to go with the ball in the third quarter, and... They blacked out and all of a sudden lost the game. It just, whew, tough week in the picks in the NFL segment. But uh, we're back this week. It is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports But hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock, episode 57. As always, we're going to start with the CFB DFS day slate on DraftKings. Uh, then we're going to try to make up for last week in the NFL segment with the picks. Let's get into it right now all right welcome in one and all to the cfb dfs week four day slate preview on DraftKings. and what i want to talk about to start off is just where we're at in the season the positions are starting to get more established with pecking orders and wide receivers and running backs and in terms of prices on dk they start to firm up a little bit and the market becomes a lot more fair. It's harder to find those kind of errors or mistakes, um, just kind of um, things that DK's just kind of not really getting the memo on. There's a few this week that I'm gonna talk about, but in general, they're getting better at uh, pricing out the slate. So what we really have to do now is try to find guys in like the 5,000, 5500 range to hit big on, to identify those guys to kind of pop off and help you separate your lineups it's going to be a lot harder to find guys like in three 4k so with that said um let's get into it and just to reiterate my focus each week I'm trying to look at the value plays in each game I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the first game in TCU and SMU like with Max Buggin and Tanner Morikai quarterback they're good plays for obvious reasons I'm trying to identify guys that will help you afford them that I think can also uh, get a good return on your investment at the lower price range so we're, look, we're focusing on value here each week so that said first game SMU at TCU TCU minus nine and a half over under of 64. I think on the SMU side there's value at tight end with Grant Calcaterra at 4,900 and wide receiver Reggie Robertson Jr at 4,500 uh Robertson Jr especially he's he was the guy who got hurt last year who really one of their top wideouts the last two seasons um I think this position in just in terms of pass catching I think um it's still being kind of fleshed out as to who's like the true number one who's the 1A um I think both these guys can compete with the higher price guys like Danny Gray and Rasheed Rice for the top pass catchers on the team this week uh Calcaterra had seven for 103 last week in the win over La Tech and Reggie Roberson had, had 671 and one line last week in that game as well. So even though they're priced lower, I think they should really be closer to maybe 55, 6K because um, they will compete as the top receiver in this game for SMU. They have that upside. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts from that side. We know about uh, Ulysses Bentley, the Senator from Tennessee. That's what his name sounds like at least. Um, but awesome name. Uh, he's a great player, but he's 6,600. If you can find a way to get him in your lineup for sure. Uh, good matchup here good Vegas projection all that stuff this is gonna be a good game to target on the TCU side I love running back Zach Evans at 6200 a great price floor upside candidate a few weeks ago against Cal he had a 22 191 line on the ground um, he's kind of their, I think he's a five-star supposed to be really highly recruited uh, um one of their most highly recruited running backs ever at TCU so um definitely target him is kind of one of the more average to lower lower price running backs that could really pop and potentially be one of the top running backs on the slate and then um yeah the rest of the team is pretty priced out fairly i think uh continue to think tay barber and jd spielman at wide receiver are reasonable cmp's contest minimum price candidates uh they do have a role probably get a catch or two if you want to start your lineups off like that with one of those cmp's i think um they're reasonable in that regard let's move on to louisville at fsu Louisville's minus two and a half over under 62 and a half. uh in this game also great pay down option at running back with Jalen Mitchell wrote about him on the post at FakePigskin.com. he just has everything on paper you know the Vegas projection the soft matchup with FSU he has the role he's probably going to have a you know, 15 20 touch floor for um his role in the offense uh so no i think i think he just has all those checks all those nice boxes and he's a great price at 5100 so yeah i think if you're cutting at that position he's a great target to look for as far as the wide receivers and tight ends go still being fleshed out i look elsewhere for what i have to pay for Louisville. so um on the fsu side only considering running back to sean corbin at 5600 maybe Mackenzie Milton is sneaky play at quarterback at 61 kind of fading the chalk at quarterback possibly um but I think I want to see at least one more week when this offense it's still just kind of a mess there is no established pecking order with the receivers um and just they might they might just be not good even though it's a nice matchup and I think the Vegas projection would suggest it is uh, I might want to see just one more week so um I'm gonna lean on no for Mackenzie Milton but you might want to throw him out there he could be good I, I do have another quarterback coming up though I think might be a better pay down option so let's keep moving on to LSU at Mississippi State LSU's minus two over under 56. uh pretty good entertaining SEC matchup here uh, I am out on the Tigers besides obvious stud at wide receiver Kayshawn Moutet um running backs and receivers just still a mess still being established uh, they played a bunch of freshmen last week. One of their uh, guy Deion Smith, he popped off for a big game, but they had a couple starters sitting out. And I don't know that that game last week against Central is indicative of what's to come and how they're going to be rotating guys in and out. So I'm kind of staying away from LSU besides Kayshawn Abute. On the other side, love wide receivers, Jaden Wally at 4,800 and Austin Williams at 4,000. Very solid value there. The way they throw the ball around i mean they're probably gonna throw the ball 50 60 times um all these guys have a role i wrote about wally as well as one of my favorite targets um value targets i'm on the fake pigskin post as well he's got a touchdown in every game this season he has that floor of like four to five catches 50 60 yards so i think there's plenty of plenty of high floor there with, with legitimate upside in this offense that never stops throwing the ball so that said let's move on to Georgia at Vandy. Georgia's minus 35 and a half and over under a 52, which puts us on pace for about a 43 to 9 ish uh, script here. You would probably guess that I am out on mostly everything here. And I'll tell you why. Georgia, I still don't feel comfortable paying for a pretty much a 50 50 split with Zamir White and James Cook at running back. You're going to have to pay six thousand or 6300 for one of those guys I think there's better options I even just talked about at running back in that price range that don't have the whacked out game flow with that causes erratic volume it makes all these guys in this offense very very touchdown dependent um so I just think it's tough to pay for guys like you know wide receiver Jermaine Burton tight end Brock Bowers and the running backs we just mentioned uh with having so much unpredictability with how these game flows are going to go with Georgia um and again I'll, I'll just cite it doesn't mean it can't work like i said that the example last week i talked about miami and charleston ram i said yeah i think he's touched on dependent. he could do good but i'd rather pay somewhere else and then a of course went off for like you know a million catches and i think you know close to 200 yards and i think maybe one or two scores so obviously i was wrong there and that's what i want to say it doesn't mean it can't work burn could work out um it was a white could have a big game it, it, it can't happen just on paper i they don't check boxes like um, the guy for TCU does. The Louisville running back I just talked about. I, I just don't like um, the peripherals that they did they have. I don't feel comfortable paying those prices. Rather pay for other guys I did talk about. The one guy I would maybe consider for Georgia offense is uh, a Donna Mitchell at 5200, the wide receiver. He had a four. 77 one line one of those was a a 38 yard touchdown of course with was the touchdown and then all other three receptions were for first downs including two on third and longs um he's been talked up as one of their big time freshman receivers so he's someone i might start to dip in on could be the last time we see him under 6k if he has a big game here against vandy and then uh wide receiver Curtis jackson got uh his first action last week he's at 3300 he was very productive last year and i think he's a guy you might want to roll the dice on if you're trying to pay down and have it kind of a dart throw wide receiver so on the other side with vandy stay with me we're out uh, so let's just move on to boise at utah state boise is minus nine and a half over under a 69 and a half so we got like a 40 to 30 type script here love that right quarterback hank bachmeyer for uh, for boise at 700 solid pay down option um he had a career-high three TDs in this matchup last season running back Cyrus Habibi Lakeo for Boise I think he's a little more valuable than George Halani just because he exclusively gets the goal line work and um I'm always going to kind of lean in that direction when I have almost in what appears to be kind of a 50 50 split between these guys right now but both are solid prices should uh have a solid chance to return value at those prices uh wide receivers after Khalil Shakur it's just a complete guess I'm not trying to be uh you know Miss Chloe it's just you know you're just trying to speculate and I have no idea what to do so I'm just staying away from that situation altogether on the other side um the story is with the quarterbacks here last week in their game against Air Force they had a crazy comeback after quarterback Logan Bonner who had a pretty good um position battle with Andrew Peasley in the fall um he Got hurt, went out. Beasley came in and threw like three touchdowns in the second half, 195 yards on 15 attempts. And they came back and won the game. He added 29 yards on five carries, so he has a little bit of more threat than Bonner is with his legs. Don't know Bonner's status yet, but I think I would not be opposed if Bonner is out to running out Andrew Beasley. Oh sorry, Peasley at 5100 I think in this matchup, this biggest projection looking to get into the 30s here with both teams um yeah i he looked really good by all accounts um and i saw a bit of this game so i I was very intrigued when i saw him at 5100 and if you're trying to pay down and trying to cut that position he might be my favorite if in fact uh bonner is out if bonner's in i I don't really mind him either i think he can be productive in this spot too but peasy's a little more enticing to me based on what i saw last week also running back kelvin tyler jr uh, quickly becoming one of the better running backs in the mountain west 5500 fantastic price floor upside guy at running back in a matchup like this i doubt we'll see him at 5500 in games moving forward so um, might want to jump on that now let's move on to clemson at nc state clemson minus 10 over under 47. Uh, i did talk about this briefly before i got into targets on the post i just wrote about spencer rattler and dj we on um they have lowered the ceilings on these offenses completely and they're just kind of out as these like you know top you know overall pick in the NFL draft or um Heisman candidate like they're just not there right now and I gotta see it for a couple more weeks against power five conference teams to kind of be able to invest based on what they're gonna cost that's the whole thing I mean I'm not gonna pay you know eight nine grand or ten grand even for Spencer Rattler um for that matter so that said i'm kind of excusing the clemson offense from the uh, premises besides will shipley it's will shipley or bust and just to note lynn J. dixon who was the projected maybe number one running back who was the primary backup to travis Etienne the last couple of seasons he's in the portal now last week shipley got the very vast majority of the work and i think the writers on the wall for uh, what was going on at that position and he's kind of the lead back now so I really highly doubt we're going to see Shipley under 6K ever again, um, especially if he has a big game here because he just has that role now and he's the guy they want to give him the ball in the receiving games. He tries a miles game for Christian McCaffrey. He's big on, on the record about that. <laughs> it's kind of, um, you know, may, maybe, it, maybe it's a bit easy there. But um, still, um, he's five-star freshman, s- supremely talented. They're going to want to give him the ball as much as they can, especially with Uyunglele kind of struggling the best, Remedy for that is a good, solid run game and a defense, which they appear they might have in Shipley here. On the other side, that's uh, wide receiver Thayer Thomas at 4,300 um, is one of the only guys I'm really interested in this offense. They're projected to score 18 points. Clemson still is pretty elite defensively, and um, yeah, I, I just I don't want to pay pay up for some of the guys I have to pay for in the offense with um, Zonovan of Knight, the running back. I mean, they're talented. I just don't think it's the week for me in this matchup. So Thayer Thomas is that slot guy I think that could be relied on a lot by Devin Leary, um, that quarterback for NC State. And he's a guy who can get those five, six, seven, eight catch games in return value without scoring a touchdown. He doesn't necessarily need to be super, super touchdown dependent in this offense week to week. So that is it for that game. Let's keep moving to Rutgers at U of M. U of M minus 20 over under a 49 and a half. Pretty simple here on the Rutgers side. It's Bo Melton or Bust. They're just projected to score 15 points. Not really, um, you know, the type of game or type of offense you want for our purposes here. So Bo Melton are out for me there. And then um, no one on the Michigan side is playable right now besides Hassan Haskins and Blake Horm. Uh, they're, they're two very solid running backs. Right now, they're just not throwing the ball. They, they, they're not really letting Cade McNamara um, do anything besides just kind of hand the ball off. 35 times a game and they just that's the way they want to play and um with their big um, receiver Ronnie Bell going down they haven't really had any opportunity to figure out who's going to be the go-to guys in the passing game so I don't want to pay for anybody in this um Michigan wide receiving court without really knowing what I'm paying for so let's just move on to Iowa State at Baylor Iowa State minus seven over under a 47 here um we know Iowa State very well it's the big four it's Brock Purdy at quarterback Xavier Hutchinson wide receiver Brees Hall at running back and then Charlie Kohler tight end those are the main cogs in this offense so we we know they're fairly priced out I don't want to spend a time time besides saying that Brees Hall a bit of a slight discount I mean he's usually maybe up towards 9k I think getting him around 7ks is pretty solid um tougher matchup but you just know with Brees Hall he has the volume no matter what the matchup is he's good for like a 20 touch floor and he's a very talented player in his own right. So against anybody, who, when he has the ball in his hands that much, uh, he can still return value. And I think getting him at a slight discount, you definitely consider him this week. Uh, I think he, he could have good value here. On the Baylor side, I'm not really sure what to make of Baylor. They're 3-0. All their games are against really bad teams. The only guys that kind of have um, solidified roles are wide receivers RJ Sneed at 5,200 and Taquan Thorne at 4,700. Again, I think they're, they're going to be relied on a lot by um Jerry Bohanan as he kind of works into this offense as the starter and those are the veteran guys but again it's just a tougher matchup it's just kind of not the week for me to pay for guys in this offense where I think I can get things better elsewhere that I already have a more uh more known quantity to them so let's move on to Texas Tech at Texas Texas is minus seven and a half over under of 61 and the big story here is with running back Sir Roderick Thompson's status for Texas Tech now if, in fact, they can confirm before kickoff that he is out, and I, I forget if this is a 12 or 3.30 kickoff, but either way, if we can get confirmation that he is, in fact, out, Taj Brooks possibly becomes almost a must-play at 4,100. This is a, actually a mistake. Uh, he's been taking on the line share of the carries with Thompson out so far, and he's been very productive. And he's been productive in the past when he's had uh, starter-level uh role when people have been out as well so um yeah keep an eye on that something to monitor definitely get Brooks in there at 4100 the running back position huge value there Thompson's out um Tyler show also kind of a decent paid on option at QB um I think you know it's 6500 I think roughly is that range for him not bad but um like I said maybe that Utah State quarterback might be a little more. saucier matchup there on the Texas side Casey Thompson it's 7200 replaces Hudson card as the starter for Texas um a little more dual run threat guy here uh, so you have a little bit of rushing stats upside with him no clarity with wide receivers and tight ends at all um, so that's why I'm kind of just looking in other areas and this is going to be the first time where they're playing a, a quality opponent with Casey starting off the game, um, having a full start, I should say, instead of entering in the game later. So I I think um, I'm gonna look elsewhere as far as wide receivers go. Obviously, beyond Robinson, sure, uh, we all know he's great. Get him in the lineup, yay. Uh, let's move on to Texas A&M at Arkansas. A&M, minus five and a half, over under 47 and a half. So, wide res- uh, sorry, running back Isaiah Spiller at 5,900, or maybe Daman DeMoss at 4400 is the only thing i'm interested in with a m Um, if you watched arkansas play texas a few weeks ago on a saturday night this place is going to be a snake pit um they're undefeated they have a top 10 opponent coming in i don't remember the last time arkansas was undefeated a month into a season and had a ranked and had a top 10 opponent coming in and like we know uh Zach galzada is the starter taking over for Haynes King, who's injured for AM. If you saw him play at Colorado a couple weeks ago, I don't know that I trust him in this spot. I just it's it's gonna be a really tough environment. So I don't really want anything to do with the AM offense in general. We all know that the Vegas projection, 47 over under, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a low-scoring affair. So kind of probably passing on this offense, maybe Isaiah Spiller 5900 just because similar to Brees Hall. I think he's going to be relied on very heavily, um, especially with Aniah Smith potentially out with a concussion. If that's the case, I think Spiller's going to be involved in the pass game, run game. I think they're going to have him all over the place. So 20-touch floor in store for him, and he's a good enough player where he can do damage if he gets that the ball enough, and he has that, he has that guaranteed volume. So I still would consider him, but um, that's about it. Maybe DeMond and Masters because he has a ton of potential. He gets talked up a lot as this big play guy. He broke for a big play last week against, I think it was New Mexico State, but you know, whatever, New Mexico State. But still, I think he's at least getting on the field now. So he's gonna have some opportunities. So the price is right as well. On the other side, you know, the, the main three guys, obviously KJ Jefferson, quarterback, wide receiver, Traylon Burks, or running back, Traylon Smith. The only guys that are playable in this offense, in this game and I think they all have fair prices do what you want let's move on to Missouri at BC Missouri's minus two and a half over under 58 and a half I mean both teams here I think they're appropriately priced I I probably again probably looking elsewhere not having a ton of games where they're they're playing a lot of bad teams you don't really know what it's going to look like when they're playing a more competitive game for fourth quarters. Wide receivers, Kiki Chisholm and Toski Dove, um, they have decent prices on Missouri, but I think I like other offenses, just better upside general, better quarterback play, so I'm probably gonna look elsewhere. Um, and then Tyler Beatty, or Bust probably, you know, he's the stud running back for Missouri. Gets a ton of volume. Um, he's been breaking, been taking a lot of advantage, very productive so far this year. So, But again, he's 6,900, so you gotta look for ways to get him in your lineup. On the BC side, because he hasn't played anyone and now has a, their backup at QB Dennis Grossel taking over for the injured Phil Jerkovic. so look I, who knows they just it, you don't know I'm not paying the prices I have to pay for guys like Zay Flowers when I, I just don't don't have enough known commodity here with them um going into a slate like this so the last game Notre Dame at Wisconsin Wisconsin is minus six and a half over under 46 and a half so here similar uh theme to Brees Hall and who's the other guy the running back for um who did I just talk about uh, who was it Spiller yeah Spiller so because of the matchup you know it's kind of you're getting discounts on these guys from Notre Dame like Kyron Williams and Michael Merritt tight end um but again I think some of these guys are match-up proof because of the guaranteed volume Williams is probably going to have 20 touches he's involved in the pass game and uh Michael Mayer He's the team's, you know, solidified number one pass catcher for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think there I think there could be nice value here, even though it's a very low projected scoring game. I still wouldn't be afraid to put those guys out there because um, just of how heavily involved they are in the game plan offensively. And then the quarterback situation. Keep in mind, they're pretty much kind of rotating in their five star um, guy, Buchner I think or Buckner with Jack Cohn. So I. I don't know what they're there I'm, I'm avoiding it completely i wouldn't play cone uh, for sure so on the wisconsin side is there sneaky value in the badger offense this week i think there is um, or if there if there ever was this would be the week tight end jake ferguson operates as kind of the de facto number one wide receiver he's at forty five hundred. him and danny davis at 4900 who is the top wide out on the team i think there's a lot of value there um in this game in, against a defense that has been really suspect for Notre Dame they're gonna be on the road it's gonna be a tough spot for them and I think they're gonna be tested big time so those are guys I would definitely consider pay down options at the receiver position and then to also quarterback Graham Mertz at 6600 if he was going to produce and uh kind of live up to the potential this would be the time to do it so I do think there's some sneaky value in the Badger offense this week I'm definitely considering uh, those two receivers I talked about Jake Ferguson at tight end 4,800 and Danny Davis at 4,800. I wrote about Ferguson as one of my favorite targets on the website as well. Um, So, you know, there it is. That's the slate. You did it. I did it. We did it. The end. Let's get on to the NFL. Thank you guys for listening. Editor's note. I lied before we get to NFL. We're doing a quick night slate preview for the CFB DFS DK contest. Seven game board. We'll get through it quickly. Here we go. First game, West Virginia at OU. OU minus 17 over under a 56. I shared my feelings in the day post about Spencer Rattler. Um, my feelings haven't really changed there on OU. I'm kind of taking them off that elite offensive team. Not going to get four to six touchdowns maybe every week. I got to see him do it against a power five opponent for a couple weeks in a row to kind of reinvest in this offense for what you have to get for the best guys um feelings also have not changed on West Virginia um it's Letty Brown or Bus, the receivers you know, tr- unless you're trying to just you know, purely speculate or just you know throw out you know Sam James Winston Wright Jr um I, I who knows that they're, they're the same person I believe there can be value here but I'm not into guessing I'm into educated guessing so uh let's move on from that game oh before I do I think Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks decent uh prices in this game but again I'm kind of kind of lowering the expectations on this offense. So um, maybe look elsewhere in good offenses, like the one in the next game, UNC at Georgia Tech. UNC's minus 12 and a half over under 63. Looks like that offense is settling in a little bit after their first game in Virginia Tech, looking real sloppy. Uh, they threw up a 60-burger basically on the who's last week. And um, big time numbers from Tennessee transfer Ty Chandler at running back, he looks to be the lead back. He's at 6,200, pretty good value there at the running back position. And then I think everywhere else, you know, we're fairly priced with so Sam Howell, uh, big time receiver, looks to be Josh Downs in this offense in a breakout season. And like comparing to Oklahoma, Marvin Mims, I'm going for Downs, just like I said, I'm kind of I'm kind of rating this offense a little bit higher and the quarterback play as well, especially with Sam Howell. So let's move on to the Georgia Tech side. Nicer matchup here this week for Jameer Gibbs at 5,200 instead of facing Clemson, facing kind of a softer UNC defense where I think they can get points. They do have a high over-under in this game. so. I like Jameer, gives it 5,200 at running back. Uh, Quarterback still up in the air with Jeff Sims or Jordan Yates as who's going to be starting. Um, But I do think they're both, I think, sub. I know Yates, I think, is sub 600. I think maybe Jeff Sims is right around 6K. Could have sneaky upside here in this matchup that should be pretty high scoring. Um, So, something to consider there. Let's move on to Tennessee at Florida. Florida's minus 19 over under 63. Um, it's all about the status of running backs for tennessee tion evans and jabari spall i think evans is in small is still questionable uh, if you're looking for the backup jalen roy at 4300 would be the guy to get touches if one of those guys or both are out and he could be a nice value there uh, josh heichel won't name a starter for quarterback between joe millen and hendon huger so kind of out on this offense and the receivers especially just uh, too much inconsistency not enough established here to kind of invest in so let's go on the florida side I think there's solid value from the running back position, but again, it's impossible to predict. It's similar to like the West Virginia wide receiver example I gave a bit ago. Um, I do think Naquan Wright, who played really well against Bama last week, he had about seven, eight touches, decent contest minimum price CMP candidate, um, but you know, I, it's just someone maybe you might want to consider in that you know dart throw uh, area. But um, yeah, not enough um, clarity though in that backfield really to kind of invest into Damien Price or Malik Davis for what you have to pay. And as far as the receivers go, same thing. Um, for the, the price you have to pay for someone like Jeff Copeland, I think there's a few examples later on, like in the next game, that I think you can get at a value or a similar price or even less and have a lot more uh, specific kind of role in the offense where you know the volume's going to be there. Uh, the passing offense is a little bit more consistent. So that said, Kentucky at South Carolina, Kentucky minus five and a half or under 48 and a half. The big four with Kentucky, quarterback Will Levis. Chris Rodriguez Jr. running back and receivers Josh Ali and Wandaile Robinson are the guys to target the offense. I love Wandaile Robinson at 6k as opposed to someone like Copeland for Florida, Um, he's been the main go-to guy for Levis in the first few games there. Uh, He's a Nebraska transfer who they get the ball to him in space, great price for ceiling candidate at receiver, one of the best on the board in my opinion, Um, on the other side Someone to look for, wide receiver Josh Van. Over the last two games, he's recorded 8 255 one line. He's at 3,800. And I think the quarterback plays going to be a little bit more solid there now with Luke Doty back and starting. on um, then running back Kevin Harris, phenomenal value at 3,300. Looks to appear to have his uh, starting lead back position back. He had 16 carries last week. I um, got obviously a t- much tougher matchup with Georgia. Didn't produce much, but here should be in a good spot to produce. I doubt you'll see him at 3,300 much longer. And that is it for that game. Let's go on to Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State minus six over under 46. Very simple here. The only playable options on either side is Deuce Vaughn for Kansas State and Jalen Warren at 5,600 at running back for Oklahoma State. Uh, The quarterback play is so all over the place. I think Oklahoma State threw eight passes last week and Kansas State threw 10 in their uh, victories. So these guys want to run the ball and play defense and just win time possession. So let's move on to a more interesting, intriguing match with my Spartans. They are at home against Nebraska. They are favored by five over, under 52. I caught them again, guys. It's the CMP. Contest minimum price candidate, running back Ramir Johnson, one of the only running backs left on this roster. Got the start at OU last week, had 90 yards on 14 touches. Nice production there. Um, DK did not adjust to this. Also, the uh, other kind of 1A back, Gabe Irvin, out for the year now got injured in that game um in my mind this is kind of an auto play here um you got to take advantage of these they do so much for your cap so 3k ramir johnson should be in line for 15 20 touches in that game at msu saturday night and then omar manning at 4k is a decent value that receiver there isn't a lot of consistent there yet uh with that receiving core they played kind of two really bad teams and then well, no three really bad teams kind of they lost to illinois and then they played oklahoma last week it's still kind of fleshing itself out but i think at 4k he's a decent value on the other side everything is fairly priced for msu the main guys uh peyton Thorne, kenneth walker third at running back and then jaden reed are the go-to guys they're all where they should be and now Naylor. last week i liked him at 4k he's up to 58k where he probably should be as well after a, a nice productive day in miami so um nothing really to say there let's just move on to navy at houston the last game uh, so we got a Houston minus twenty over under forty eight. That's like a thirty four to fourteen ish script. Fair to say we're out on Navy. This is just a bad Navy team. Normally I might say, hey, throw in that um, you know quarterback. It's like having a number one running back with passing stats upside. They haven't proven that to be there uh, with Navy with our quarterbacks this year. It's just it's been a mess. So just avoiding Navy altogether. Uh, don't know the status of Clayton Tune yet for Houston at quarterback, but either way, wide receiver Nathaniel Dell been fantastic all year. Along with a guy like L. Robson, great price floor ceiling combo at 6,100. Much rather have him than those Florida receivers or you know West Virginia receivers. Um, just a lot more clarity here. Is definitely the go-to guy for them. And then running back Alton McCaskill is the clear RB one. Over the last two games, he's compiled 30 carries, 154 yards, four touchdowns, adding four catches for 51 yards. He's at 3,500. That's also a mistake. Not a minimum price. But still, uh, 3,500, him and Jameer, Ramir Johnson. I feel like I'm starting out my lines with both these guys at the running back spots and uh, going from there. So get those Tar Heels in your lineup and uh, good luck to you Saturday night. NFL up next. All right. It is week three in the NFL. As always, I'm joined by my, uh, my guest, Dr. Dr. Huff. Tough couple of weeks to open the season. I think we're both very happy. There's 17 weeks to sleep.
1: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, I kind of mentioned it over text earlier today. I think I tried to get a little too cute last week with some of those other other plays. Um, you know, I had two other of my of the five ATS that we think that were winners that were not part of the five. So I, I'm getting back to basics. Um, you do you with your you know, over unders and uh you know, rushing yards, receptions per game. I'm gonna do what the doctor does. I'm gonna stick to basics unless one of those things really jumps out at me. I
0: like it. I like it. Good week to bounce back would do. Um, <laughs> we
1: could do, That's an I still understand.
0: I was I was also uh outside of so I was one and four last week and I I still don't know what happened to Kansas City Chiefs. I was still uh in awe of how they lost that game. But um that was that one hurt. Uh, but I was uh, also three and two in my uh, five like super contest picks, so I'm at six and four in that for the year. But I'm <laughs> at five, five and five uh, now on, on the pod picks here. And uh, you were one and four, brings you to two and eight through <sighs> two weeks. So, yep, we got we got an extra week this week. So you know, it, it's all all positive things are on the horizon. Uh, just a little review of the board last week. Like we say every year, just bet on all the fa- all the dogs and all the road teams. And you'll probably win. Uh, underdogs last week went nine and seven. Road teams went ten and six. Home favorites went three and six, and the uh, home dogs went th- three and four. And substantial favorites were reconsidered by seven or greater were two and one, and no outright losses yet from the uh, the substantial favorites this week. A full sixteen game board. There are eleven home favorites, five home dogs, six. home Substantial favorites in the Panthers that were last night that already covered Buffalo, Cleveland, Zona, Denver, and of course anyone playing the Lions, Baltimore. Um, so uh, that said, where are you going on your first pick for the week three?
1: Uh, I'm going to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Indy. Oh, I love at, this. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Indy at Tennessee. Tennessee laying uh, five and a half. Uh, this one's pretty simple for me. It's a, it's a sell high, buy low game. Um, so selling high on the Titans. Um, uh, you know, they played really well last week. You know, Henry had a huge game, uh, and got in the passing game, which is kind of unique for him. And Julio looks pretty good. Uh, on the other side, you know, Colts went to 0-2. Um, Wentz is questionable right now, last I checked, and if he doesn't play, um, Sounds
0: sounds like sounds like very questionable
1: actually. Yeah, and, and, and what I read was they're gonna do Easton and Hundley, and they say they may like rotate them. I mean, what, what better way to get your backup more comfortable than have them rotate in and out? I mean, that's that just that just needs <laughs> But anyway, so I put that all together, right? It's just it's it's buying low on the Colts. Like, what, why would you bet on the Colts? I, I think that's the reason why, because um, there's nothing there to bet on really on the surface. But if you look underneath, like that was a good team last year. They came in with. Expectations, expectations on the defensive side of the ball were big. Um, hasn't really shown up quite yet, so I, I just I'm betting on them kind of figuring this out in some shape, way, or form um, this week. And so um, I'll throw in a couple ATS trends too. Uh, Colts have won the last three matchups in Tennessee and are eight and one there since 2012. Uh, and they're five and one ATS in the last six road games. So I'd see some value here with the Colts. I'm going indie plus five and a half. Okay, well, I'm in agreement. It's not because I see value, it's because I
0: see no value. I have no well, clue why anyone would bet five and a half with
1: the Colts. There, there's no there's no football reason. Well, I, I just to kind of circle back on my argument, the value is that there is no value. That's, I, I, <laughs> we agree, right. That, that's where the value comes from, that there is no value.
0: Right, and, and uh, the public agrees. Um, Because there are two games like this that I like. And I think I looked at this board and went, huh? Uh, It's also the Dolphins plus four. And um, I I don't know why anyone, again, two is out, would look at Dolphins plus four on the road against a 2-0 Raiders team that everyone's loving. Um, This looks like, you know, a take care of business win for the Raiders. And the public agrees. So with the Dolphins, money line trends are 95% to 5 on the Raiders' And on the spread, it's seventy-three uh, twenty-seven ratio split there. And then with the indie, the trend also ninety-six percent of the money on the money line for the Titans, and fifteen eighty-five split on the spread. So I think these are just being hammered by the public. The lines aren't moving, and that's just telling me they're loving this. So well, I think, go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, oh, I so think, so I are, think, are you taking? Are you taking both indie? and Miami, are those two your picks right now, or are you just going over the Miami Raiders game?
0: No, I, I am going both, those are my two first picks of the week, it's Miami plus four and Indy. And it's kind of, we go back to last year, you're always looking for angles you know, wide to do this. Um This is because no one, why would you? Like this is why I look at yeah. the boards and go, who's betting, who looks at the Titans, they don't have their quarterback, who um, also added throwing an interception on a shovel pass to his resume last week uh he has two sprained ankles i'm not sure how that's possible and and so yeah you just talked about it i mean backup quarterbacks on the road i don't know why anyone would be touching uh into or dolphin so that's why i'm going there so,
1: so here uh interesting I, I have miami and las vegas on my on my board as well um you're gonna be shocked that i'm doing this um i'm actually gonna take the raiders this week um And let me tell you how I differentiate the two, because I agree with what you said. But Indy, technically, was a playoff team last year, right? Sure. That group as a core has shown an ability to to win, right, and and, and be competent. Yeah. I'm not there with Miami. That's not a group that I consider to be proven competency. So, you know, and then Jacoby Brissett is not going to be the savior this week. So... I'm going to go opposite uh, with you on that one. Um, you know, just some some more reasoning behind that. Look, the, the Raiders have cruised through two games uh, against good defenses in ba- alleged in Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Time will tell. Um, you know, there is this narrative out here that this this Dolphins defense is supposed to be good and that they create chaos and that they they force turnovers. Well, they just got beat 35-0 and then you know, they won a game by one against a rookie quarterback where he threw for two eighty at seventy five percent clip and there was a hundred yard rush in this game. So I'm pretty sure Carr is gonna be fine in this. And so that's why I'm going Raiders minus the four on this one and I'm differentiating those two games because Indy's proven Miami's garbage.
0: Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna be in agreement and then someone's gonna lose the Dolphins Raiders game. All right. Um I'm gonna go with my third pick here. All right, it's um, Mr. Justin Fields plus seven in, in Cleveland. I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a fan. Uh, I think he should have been the starter week one anyway, and this is just a matter of time coming. And um, I think I think he'll be I think there'll be an upgrade for him immediately, and um, it might be a nice little uh, kind of road home start in the fact that he was an Ohio State Buckeye. So I think the Cleveland fans might be a little bit. Uh,
1: might be a little bit, uh, you
0: know, nice to see him perform well. So, uh, that's just a straight uh, Fields take, really. That's my that's my reason. I, 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 I like this guy the whole time.
1: So, this is uh, the third game, uh, third game in common, and I am also a Chicago plus seven guy for for the Fields reason. Uh, not only is he going to give them a bump, right, and you know and get some new energy. I'm sure the wide receivers are excited to get him out there. This, this, this is more excitement, right? Um, yeah. I think you called Dolph a statue before, right? Was he wasn't yeah. necessarily part? Was he part of the statue part? I don't think he's part of the he, statue. Part,
0: he was right? this. It was him and um him and was it him and Goff?
1: Yeah, yeah. No. I wasn't sure. If, I wasn't sure if it was Wentz. You know, you've got a couple statues that you, you've got a handful of statues that you're talking yeah. about. Anyway, um, so I just think they'll be excited about that. Is secondarily, on top of that, look, like this Browns defense, uh, you know, they got shredded by the Chiefs in week one. That's fine. Who doesn't? But, you know, first half against the Texans, T Rod was much better. <laughs> yeah, blew him up. And, like, fortunately for the Browns, he got hurt. Otherwise, that could have been trouble. I mean, if you watch last night's game, T Rod or no T Rod, the Texans stink. They shouldn't <laughs> right. be doing that. Uh, so, so, it's good, just good opportunity for the field. Um, and then a couple of the ro- little rookie quarterback ATS. Um, Stat and last 41 games for first round rookie quarterbacks uh 27 and 14 ats in weeks one and three so the article was more about there's a lot of value in these rookie quarterbacks early on um and then it kind of dies down as season goes on was, was was some of the some of the narrative of the article but early on there's value there Uh also, that includes 23 and four against the spread as underdogs or three points or more and in this case obviously Chicago's plus seven so that falls in that, that category so yeah. that's 85 percent win percentage for those rookie quarterbacks in those games so there's um, your case for for the Bears plus seven
0: all right this is going to be a, a nice yeah, week for we, the, n- nice week for the Potter
1: <laughs> where next? Are we going that, hey, where are we going next Bob Let's see. I, Let's I'm more. going back I'm going back to my
0: prop bet well uh, okay I did not, I was not successful. Actually, 0-3 last week, I It's Very disappointing. I blame Carson Wentz for everything. Um, so, uh, the first one is a Detroit Lion by the name of Quintes Sevis. Yeah. You might you have saw him play on Monday night. I think he had something like four grabs for 60 yards and a touch. His overrunner for receptions this week is three and a half. We're going over. And the one reason I like this too is it's even money. Some of these have uh, crazy odds. Sometimes they set them a certain line and then they want you to take the over, and it's like you know, minus one fifty five sometimes. So I th- I don't want to offer those things. I like to offer maybe a little plus or even money. So I think at even money there, um that's a nice bet to get four catches. Really, besides TJ Hawkinson, he's the only. Th- um, guy that golf really looks to a lot is only only real receiver, so I think they'll be down a lot. Should be a lot of passing, like there always is probably most weeks for this team. So um, Cephas and golf seem to have a, be on a decent page right now, and I think he's good to get uh, four grabs there.
1: Okay, yeah, he looked he looked good, um, especially in the first half. I think he did most of his damage the first half on Monday night. Um, as yeah to, uh, as, uh, the, as did the Lions in general he did most of their damage. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a tough sled there in the in the second half. There's um, gonna be a lot a lot of tough sled yeah. week to week. <laughs> yeah, I had them last uh in, I had them my picks last week and they uh you know, started off strong. I knew at any moment I could turn the way it did, but I still thought you know, they had a chance there for garbage time to get that back down to eleven or less and they they failed uh, a couple times. So disappointing. All right, so my uh my fourth pick, um, I've had this uh, group twice already, and they've gone one and one but I'm going to stick with them. It's uh, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh lay in three. Um, So, you know, it's only been two weeks in the season, but the Steelers are the Steelers already, and what I mean by that is, it is volatile, man. They they always are. I always envision like Steeler games over the past 10-plus years with Big Ben, like running around late trying to get a fourth quarter, and there's always some fourth-quarter touchdown. There's always some crazy plays that come out of it, so they're just... Consistently volatile and it's really fascinating to watch in the first two weeks have, have been that um, way, um, considering they beat Buffalo a great team and kind of looked like crap last week against the Raiders. So I'm uh I'm going Steelers here um over the Bengals. Um I just I think I think um I'm still on Big Ben having a good year. I know it's been questionable today, but I still think they're gonna figure this out. I know the Bengals D has had some decent stats the first couple weeks. Um, but It's not like you know they're they're playing uh, playing great teams, and then on the other side of the ball, Steelers. D has been, has been you know pretty solid. Um, chance here to play on a young offensive team that might be without T. Higgins. I, I haven't seen the latest on it, but I know he was questionable as of yesterday. So that could be a that could be a big deal. Uh, probably no surprise here, but Tomlin and Big Ben have dominated the Bengals over their careers. Uh, Twenty and eight ATS, ten and four ATS at home. So um, they've got they've got a good history there, um, but I'm I'm on the Steelers. You know, being a good team this year, that that's what they're gonna have to show this week to uh, get by the Bengals minus three.
0: Okay, um, were you aware that on top of being washed, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is also like barely on track to play?
1: Uh, I I did see well, I'm barely on track. I, I uh, he said he's gonna I do saw, everything he can. I think I saw. Yeah, today. That's why I didn't bring it up. When did, when's the last you saw?
0: It? I think I saw it today. I think I saw that he's just saying like he's you know trying to do everything he can was the quote, and I was like, and it sounds it doesn't sound like a very positive trend. So I I, I don't know. You might want, maybe do you want to put like an asterisk by no, that? No, I don't care. I
1: don't. Care. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fine either way. Because he's already but, terrible too. So I mean, I don't know. Oh okay. god, here we go again. You also told me Tom Brady should retire three years ago. On this pod, I said it last okay. year. Okay. Uh, I think we've said it for the last two years that so we go no. back and... No. no. So are you lying to people?
0: No, I was I was right about Drew Brees and Ben. I was wrong about Tom. There you go. It's fine. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. All right.
0: All right. Final pick for me, uh, back in the profits. A uh, guy who's been um, a big target for Daniel Jones in the first two games out of the slot, Sterling Shepard. He had seven and nine catches in both of the first two games and lays the team in targets. Uh, very reliable possession receiver. His over-under is five and a half receptions, also plus 110, I like that. And um, I'm going over that, of course. I think he's uh, gonna be a favorite target of Daniel Jones all season. Looks to be uh, had really good chemistry. Pretty much the only person he apparently has chemistry with um, right now on the receiving core. So, over five and a half Sterling Shepard receptions.
1: Do you think you'll ever take an under on these? And that's not like a knock, but you probably just don't look for the unders, you look for ones you want to go over so it's more exciting to watch, is that kind of a deal? yes
0: that that would be correct i I don't like to there are some um for example earlier i would say this uh they had terry mclaurin at five and a half earlier and that was minus 140 i thought that's actually not that bad and i think he's just going to be a huge reception monster for that team um but they just bumped it up to one six or sorry six and a half receptions and it's still minus like 130 so i think people are crushing that and i thought that might be something I might consider going under there because it looks to be getting hammered. But um, generally, yeah, is it really? It's kind of like taking unders. It's not really fun to fun to cheer for. Um, so yeah, I'm always pretty much going to go over for the most part. A couple sense. other, a couple other ones that I just want to throw out there that are not included, but I think they're they're minus odds, uh, but I think they have a good shot to hit. Henry Ruggs over two and a half catches, and Jalen Waddle over three and a half catches. I think both these guys are going to have significant roles week to week in their Offenses and at, at you know four and three catches, not a lot of um, volume to get to there. And these are also guys that I think they're going to have at least maybe one or two designed plays just for easy kind of screens or whatever, just cheap receptions go their way maybe two times a game anyway. So I think to get to three catches for Rugs at minus 155 is a decent play, and Waddle at over three and a half is uh, at minus 145 but also could hit very well.
1: Okay. I like that? Well, a little extra for the for the listeners. Good? All right, Bob, I've I've saved the uh, I've saved the best for last. Uh, we've got T B and T V twelve traveling to Los Angeles to play the Rams. C D S Rams are plus one. Yeah. So I think this is the the week that the Rams get their um, their first real taste of um, of CDS. Uh, you know, he's playing a, a Super Bowl defending champion, a great team, and you know, I think he's going to kind of show his his colors. We'll see. Um, this is the type of game that Lions fans specifically, and and Stafford fans, and and just football people in general have wanted to see him win or asked him to win, and just hasn't got it done. And and the excuse has been that, you know, he's on the Lions, right? That there's nobody around him. So, so we'll see, Um, and if he does get this win, and they get this win, um, you know, I'm going to have to assess my narrative. I'll I'll have to look at it. Uh, You know, I'll still keep in mind that he already joined a playoff team, and that's, you know, he's kind of doing what maybe golf would do anyway, but um, I I think it's a big, it's a big game for him. I don't want to put it all in one game. But I think it's a step in that direction of, okay, you know, it matters. Him, him getting to LA matters versus it's just kind of a golfer placement. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, because he has been bad against teams with that end of the season. with I I good asked, teams. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this, Bob. Let's say Matt Stafford played uh, <laughs> over the course of his career. Let's say he played 75 games yeah. against teams that finish with 500 yeah. records, 500 or better. Yeah. Seventy-five games. <laughs> How many wins do you think he has in those seventy-five games? I think I know this. I think it's single digits. and it, it is single digits. And it's eight. Yeah. So I will put something to perspective. There there are only six other quarterbacks in the there are only six quarterbacks in the NFL that have uh winning records against teams that finish five hundred. That makes sense. Okay? I mean it's that's that's a real thing but i don't think there are many that have a 10 win percentage so right. i mean there's, there's there's a lot of people that are probably in the middle in that 30 to 40 which is fine i mean he has a 10 percent win percentage. now granted it's a team game we all know that but still i mean come on that's that's no. not a good look so so um uh, i'm gonna go on the history of him and you know he has had some bad moments in those games where he's had some big turnovers when it mattered or missed opportunities when it mattered um you know a lot of the fourth quarter drives he gets are i see say they're garbage, but they're against lesser teams, and they're kind of when it doesn't matter at the end of the year, and they're not doing anything, so it's a moment that matters for CDS. I don't think he's going to get it done. Um, he's going to get blitzed a lot by this TB defense. Um, this Tampa Bay defense can also stop the run, so I'm going Tampa Bay, minus one, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what CDS can do. Yeah, they're
0: at home too, right, the Rams?
1: Yeah, they are, yes
0: so yeah, beat a good team at home. It yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, and just to add that too, with uh, Stafford, um, what was I going to say? Um, I forget.
1: Damn it! Uh, it was really, it was a really good point, but I, uh, I forgot <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm sure it was a, I'm sure it was a great one. Well, let me let's try and refresh where the conversation went. We had the ten percent win percentage. We talked about him struggling in big moments. Um, you know in, in big games and a lot of this comebacks are against lesser teams or when it doesn't matter or anything are we are we jogging your memory here it's it's just it's left it's gone and it's not coming back okay. <laughs> so, the uh, same quarterback as golf uh no. that that
0: that's it's somewhere in there It's somewhere okay. in there oh no this is what I was gonna say thank all you right. so
1: much thank go.
0: you I to, more to your point not just you said you don't want to put on one game I agree but I think you know, regardless of if they get to the playoffs and win or not, like, he's going to be playing in a division where they're going to be playing winning yeah. record teams routinely. We're going to get to see uh, what it's all about. So I, I think even the regular season could give us kind of a, a final answer on this once and for all, for God's sake. Um, but yeah, that, there it is, uh, just to, um, you're through you're through everything, right?
1: That's it, yeah.
0: Okay, so I, I just want to, because we haven't done this the first two weeks, I've been bad about sending out on Twitter, but uh, we are going to put, you put your five against the spread already. I'm just including the teams that I'm picking, um, my five super contest picks as well here, just as in case I forget to put them on Twitter. But, uh, my other, I had my three in the picks and then my other two are Cincy plus three because of, you know, the Wash burger there. And then, um, Eagles plus three and a half on Sunday night is the other one I like. So, okay. There it is. And, um. Yeah, we did it. Got through the board.
1: All right. Ryder Cup time. Ryder Cup and um, big game tomorrow night for the Spartans. All right. Woodshed. Takes what Wood. it, takes. Wood. Wood it takes. Takes what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh,
0: you enjoy yourself, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, man.
0: All right. That's a wrap on episode 57. I want to say thanks to everybody for listening. Make sure you check out uh, fakepigskin.com. New look this season. A lot of content, something for everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time.